Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're walking through the pages of the Acts of the Apostles, Colin, and uh, calling it Acts for Today. How does it apply to us today? And uh, we were looking at Chapter 5 last week, seeing that the Apostles were healing many, many people. More and more were being added to the fellowship and all that after the story of Ananias and Sapphira. But uh, this week, I think we're going to see that their success actually was going to lead to a lot of persecution and trouble. Yes, this has always been the case, really, in the history of the church, that uh, once the Spirit of God starts to move, you get the opposition. And unfortunately, the opposition often comes from within. I've known this in my own experience in ministry, that you get the opposition from within the church even more than outside the church. And it was true that the opposition came mainly from the religious community rather than from the worldly people. Uh, So the Jews were constantly persecuting the apostles just as they had constantly persecuted Jesus, the Jewish leaders. And we read in verse 17 of chapter 5 of Acts, By now the high priest and the fellow members of the council who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and had them thrown into prison. However, during the night, one of the Lord's angels came and opened the prison doors and led them out. He told them, Go into the temple courts and give the people the message of the new life. They obeyed and entered the temple courts at daybreak and began to teach openly. One of the things that is so evident in the Acts of the Apostles is that they were living in the miraculous. It's not just that they were able to perform miracles in the name of Jesus, like the healing of the cripple at at the temple gate that we looked at recently, uh, but miracles were happening to them and in their own experience. And uh, (laughs) it just seems so extraordinary, really, that in just one verse we read, during the night one of the Lord's angels came and opened the prison doors and led them out. It, it's sort of so matter-of-fact. And, you know, when I've been living through um, revival periods, it's like that. Uh, I, I can remember when, when first I experienced revival and we were were living in 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 the miraculous you know one thing after another happened and people used to say to me people in the church used to say to me uh, colin you never get excited about these things and i say well you know why because they're happening all the time we expect them to happen and uh, of course they should be happening and uh, you know i think this is a great challenge to the church today that we should be living in the miraculous. And indeed, we are. We experience many miracles. But um, that is true of some congregations rather than others. And I believe God wants every congregation to be living in the Spirit and therefore living in the miraculous, living in the supernatural, because the Spirit of God is, of course, supernatural. And um, the interesting thing is the message the angel gave them, go out and start preaching again. The very reason that they were thrown into prison. The angel led them out and then said, go on, go back. Go. He didn't say, well, now go and hide away from the authorities because 
the the temperature's getting hot. Uh, he said, no, now you get out, back on the streets, you start preaching again. So <clears throat> we, we read on that they obeyed and entered the temple courts at daybreak and began to teach openly. And when the chief priests and their officials arrived, they called the council together, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent word to the prison for the apostles to be brought before them. But the officers found that they were not in the prison. So they returned to the council to report this. We found the prison locked securely with the guards at place, in place at the doors, but when we looked inside, no one was there. This report puzzled the captain of the guard and the high priests who were concerned about what would happen next. Then someone arrived with the news, the men you put in prison are now standing in the temple courts teaching the people. On hearing this, the captain of the guard took some officers to arrest the apostles again, but without using any force, for they feared that the people might turn on them if they did. They brought the apostles before the council to be questioned by the high priest. We ordered you specifically never to teach again in this name, he said. Yet you have filled the whole city of Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to place the guilt of his death on us. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God, for his authority is higher than that of men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, he whom you killed by having him nailed to a cross. Yet God exalted him to the place of honor at his right hand, where he is both prince and savior. Now he gives the whole nation of Israel the opportunity to repent and receive forgiveness of their sins. We are personal witnesses of these things, as is the Holy Spirit who God has given to those who obey him. Notice that, to those who obey him. <laughs> and it's in the obedience to the will of God that you see the activity of the Holy Spirit in action. You know, you, you see the Spirit in action. And uh, they are living in the miraculous because they're doing the will of God. God doesn't perform miracles just for the sake of performing miracles. There is always a purpose. So they are fulfilling their call from God to preach the gospel. The angel releases them from prison so that they can continue to fulfill their call from God to preach the gospel. Now, we must be careful that we don't misuse this scripture because, of course, they said we must obey God for his authority is higher than that of men. Now, I've known Christians to misuse this so many times, it's almost embarrassing, because they, they say it when they don't want to submit to the spiritual authority that God has placed over them. Oh, well, God has spoken to me and I must obey God and not what you say. The point is that... Um, they were not disobeying the authority that was over them because they were exercising a ministry in direct obedience to the Lord and the angel was confirming them in their call. So this is uh, very different from Joe Bloggs getting his little bit of revelation and say, well, I'm going to do what God says no matter what the pastor says or no matter what my leaders say or no matter what the elders say because that is usually rebellion. It isn't obedience to God at all. It is somebody being very self-willed and self-determined. So we've, we've got to be careful because God places us under authority. And these apostles recognized they were very much acting 
under the authority of God. They were acting in obedience to God. And the only time when uh, justifiably we can um, disobey any authority that is put over us is if we are being asked to do something that we know is contrary to the will of God. So if somebody in authority over you tells you to steal or to fiddle your taxes or something like that, you were certainly would not listen because you know, well, that's wrong. It's not right. It's not the will of God. It's not the word of God. But when we're in a situation where uh, as part of the body, we're not acting in independence, but we're acting in cohesion with the other believers uh, that are part of the same body that we are, and we're under the authority of those whom God has raised up to lead that church, to lead that expression of his body, then it's very important that we're in a place of submission and obedience to that. And, and you'll see that this sense of obedience was very, very strong in the New Testament. So, you know, we must be careful that sort of very independent-minded, even rebellious people don't misuse, misapply this scripture just to try to give justification to doing whatever they want to do. But what about the boldness of these people, the courage that they showed? And it's phenomenal, wasn't it? Yes, they'd heard from God. You see, that's the thing that gives you confidence. That's the thing that gives you boldness and courage. When you know that you're acting in obedience to the Lord, you're acting with his authority, you're acting with his commission, uh, and therefore uh, you can you know that God and all the resources of heaven will stand with you in what you're doing. So you don't have to fear the enemy, you don't have to fear the opposition, you don't have to fear man, because actually what you're doing by living in obedience is you're living in the fear of God. And if you live in the fear of God, then you don't need to live in the fear of man. So we read on in verse 33, the council was furious when they heard this and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, greatly respected by the people, stood and ordered the apostles to be put outside the chamber while he addressed the council. Men of Israel, be careful about what you decide to do with these men. Remember that some time ago, Theudas claimed to be someone great and about 400 men supported him. However, he was killed and his supporters dispersed. The whole thing came to nothing. Then there was Judas the Galilean, who at the time of the census led a group of rebels to revolt, but he too was killed, then all his followers scattered. Therefore I advise you to leave these men alone, release them. For if what they are saying and doing is merely from themselves, it also will fail. But if their purpose has been initiated by God, you can do nothing to stop these men. To attempt to do so will mean you will find yourselves fighting against God. And actually, history has done the rest, because what we have seen is that the church continued to expand, and ever since that time has continued to expand and to grow all over the world. Why? Because it is the body of Christ. Why? Because this is the will of God. This is the purpose of God. These are the people who belong to God, the people that are called to fulfill the will and purpose of God in the world today. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 